Coming to you from top secret field offices worldwide, these brave men and women fight a battle for truth, justice, and good clean data. These agents of change make up the Bureau of Records, Objects, and Standards. They are the Data Bros. Everybody, welcome to Data Bros, issue number five, volume one. Uh, I'm not going to go further than that. Uh, this is Data Bros. It's a comic book industry podcast talking about comics, comic data, comic book retail, and running a modern shop. Your weekly 30-minute appointment to hang out with us and talk shop. I'm your host, Jeff, and with me, as always, are Django and Brian. Hey, boys. Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. Look at that. We didn't even step all over each other. That's it. That's a hey, we got we got flow. Hashtag professional. Hashtag pros. This has been a wild week. Last week it was sort of a you know calm. Right now we're just in the storm, aren't we, boys? So stormy. It, it so always stormy. feels like I'm in the storm, though. Honestly, that's like... true. I I can't speak for other comic shops, but we uh, Bellingham got hit with some heavy heavy snow up here. We, gosh, had to close down on a Wednesday, which is never ideal. And then we, of course, the following week had all of our comics come in just on totally random days. We got our penguin stuff on a Wednesday. We got a, something else on a Thursday. It, it, did, it didn't make sense. So to everyone listening, I hope your comic shop has fared slightly better with deliveries than ours has. I've heard that from a ton of different stores, and including like um, out in Alberta a few weeks ago, there was like a, a massive flood that caused uh, them to lose power in downtown Edmonton. And so there's a bunch of shops that just straight up weren't weren't even open, which I'm sure, like, I don't even know how, with how often you guys get deliveries these days. You know, when the UPS driver goes by and is like, oh, the lights are all out. Oh, I guess we're not delivering today. <laughs> like, what do they do? Because in the old days, it's just like, you know, once a week you were going to get delivery. So if the power was out, you just hung out in your shop on a Friday. But now it's like, really? Am I going to hang out? It, in could, there? it could be any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad crazy. that this last week, Jeff has had a chance to take some naps and chill out and not check books in every hmm. single day. Um, hmm. Since this, this is the week of uh, February, early February. Right. You now. must be thinking about another Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Against the rules. No naps. <laughs> no naps. Boys, my, I am. Oh, Brian, please. That's the, my son uh, lives by a, a credo of no naps. He doesn't believe oh. in naps. Yeah, because every time he has a nap, he wakes up and he's all out of sorts. So he's like, I just refuse to nap. I don't care. I get that. I had a several year phase like that. Now I now I need the naps. Now this right, tank nap is like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to get into this week's data broification. This one is a little bit more up your guys' alley. So I'm excited to hear where the conversation goes and see what I can offer, if anything. Uh, yeah, so at the beginning of every month, or actually, I guess, technically at the end of every previous month, um, we get the major data from from diamond lunar penguin random house sometimes universal um and basically what we have to do is well i'm curious django like i wonder how much my process differs from yours and i'll, I'll 
I'll highlight. Can we my describe ours? You want to describe? Yeah, yours? let's hear yours. Let's hear yours first. I'll lean back and listen. So what we do is we it it works basically the same as an FOC because an initial order is basically the same thing as an FOC. The only real difference being that we have pre-ordered quantities. If it's an FOC, um, for the initial order, we'll download a couple of files from Diamond, and we'll create uh, an initial pre-order in Comic Shop Assistant, and then we'll upload those files to Comic Shop Assistant. At that point, CSA will do its best to match barcodes. And then uh, after that, we have a list of all these items that are um, not in our main catalog. And so we go through and just import those. And then we have to go through and make sure that um, images are correct, descriptions, titles match what we want them to match. We have to make sure that uh, series codes are accurate. Are you are you going through and manually like reviewing all of the all of the data when it comes in? Like, are you you've got a human that's that's kind of looking at everything? Uh, in in the case have, of initial like, orders, the human is me. Um, okay. and, but but we have a whole bunch of tools for it. So like we yeah. can sniff out likely incorrect series codes or missing series codes. Uh, sure. We we do a bunch of data comparisons to create the titles in the format that we want them to be and things like that. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, and we miss things every time, you know. Yeah. So our system is a little bit different. So everything goes into my master database called the Geek Fetch. And in that database, we basically treat the UPC or ISBN as the primary key. Um, so everything that comes in has to have a US, US UPC or ISBN. So the very, very first thing that I do before we do anything is I open all the files. There's two files from Diamond, just like you said, one from Lunar, one mm -hmm. from Penguin Random House. I open them all and I sort by UPC and ISBN. And on Diamond's file this month, I found there's five missing UPCs or ISBNs. Who um, publishes those five? Oh, it's funny. Uh, four of them are actually a company called Diamond Publications. <laughs> and they consistently, uh, I think it's Game Trade Magazine, Previews yep. World, and the Previews uh, Order Form. Paper and catalog, then one, yeah. Yeah, the, oh, the adults only uh, catalog. Those right. three things, four things never have UPC codes. And then there's always one or two random like NECA figures or something like that that are missing mm -hmm. any sort of code. So uh, by default, those things just don't straight up don't get imported into our system because we can't track them any other way. We can't trust that the diamond code is going to be the same from one thing to the next. So um, we just ignore them. Uh, and then... Lunar is usually pretty good. We do a couple of checks though on Lunar just to make sure that things are kind of mapped right. So there's a few <laughs> publishers that I know always seem to biff things up. Opus is one of them. Um, I think they used to be called Behemoth. Uh, so, so we always kind of give those an extra actual human eye check. Um, we've had some problems in the past where good example is like image with duke duke oh. number zero oh. had a specific series code dutch 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 they did not duke yeah yeah because i keep on getting mad at morgan and then realize wait this is a uh, <laughs> this duke, is duke a and life duke and cobra problem. commander had their own problems yeah yeah, yeah. they did <laughs> oh those are totally and i feel like those are still wrong. our fault 
yours and mine. Yeah. <laughs> we might have had like, a conversation we shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. We may have just let, should have <laughs> let things happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Dutch was all messed up and it took me for, and this is for five comics, like literally five physical comics. It took me an hour and a half to unwind what had happened and basically yeah. roll black back the clock and figure it out, have conversations with image you were on that chain. Wasn't there like yeah. seven people <laughs> on that email at one point? Yeah. It's so, it's so weird. Like it, it doesn't take much for like barcode confusion to really throw a wrench in things. And yeah, like you and I had to deal with it. Braden who does our um, FOCs every week has to deal yeah. with it. And then uh, what? 800 other stores who yeah. don't have anybody managing their data. Right, yeah. A thousand other stores, more than that, have to deal with yeah. it also. So it's like got huge downstream effects. Yeah. So Lunar and um, Diamond had completely different barcodes for dupe number two. And mm -hmm. apparently it's been solved with number three. And I'm, I'm actually going to, that's one of the spot checks I'm going to do um, before we kind of bring everything in is to make sure that number three has been resolved. Um, yeah. So there's there's just stuff like that all the time. Uh, so once we bring our, the, all those products in, then they all get matched up together. We do some, we have some automated checks that check for series codes that check. Um, now we do one that checks to make sure that we're not automatically assigning trade paperbacks, regular series codes, um, mm -hmm. cause that can cause a whole other problem. Um, by the way. With Penguin Random House, a hardcover will have the same series code as the trade paperback, which could cause anybody subscribed to getting the hardcovers to also get the trade paperback, which would be a nightmare because it usually yep. has the same content. Um, yeah, so that's kind of our, it's a, it's a hassle. And then to add one layer of complexity, we have this, uh, this thing called the European Union. I'm not sure. Are you guys familiar with it? It's part I of the Commonwealth. Aren't, aren't they your kings? In Canada? Yeah, well, well, no, we don't. We don't have like we we have a king, but we don't actually. Well, we swear to the king, but we don't. Anyway, it's complicated, Django. Okay. Um, right. So we we have the Diamond UK data that I get from Diamond UK, and it is so inconsistent that the <laughs> the headers are not the same from one month to the next. And I'm not just saying like. The names of the items in the headers, which would be one problem, but sometimes blurb, which can be called description, is like the fourth column in, and other times it's the twenty-eighth column in. So we can't even like it's it's such. There, an there's episode. no way to programmatically sniff that nope. stuff out because they're I have changing to everything open about. that up every month and I reformat it all and then I insert it into our system. And, and that's yeah, kind that's, of that's that's unforgivable, in my opinion. Oh, I totally agree. It's like, it's such a nightmare. So I've been trying to get a diamond con diamond UK contact so that I can sit down and talk with somebody and just say like, I will build you a tool to make this easier if that's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I will totally build you a tool. But yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a little bit of my data woes. But when this is all done, we have one single source of truth for everybody. So it doesn't matter who your distributor is. We have a single source of truth that has all the information. That information gets updated two times a week. 
I want to get to mm-hmm. a point where a system just updates it manually or automatically every night at midnight, but we're yeah. not there yet. But that's yeah, a lot that's, more manpower. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more programming power, but it doesn't, it will require less actual review, but I'm just not okay. convinced right now that the data is stable enough to not have somebody well, looking at it. You know, next episode, we'll maybe talk about the Comet standard, which might fix some of that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice if we, uh, yeah, yeah at yeah, least help. 100%. I don't, I'm not convinced anything's going to fix anything, but I think it'll help. Yeah. I, I maybe fix so. it five years from now. Jeff, I know you are obsessed with a tight 30. You love you a tight 30. And oh, you know. If we wrap up data provocation right about oh, now, I think we should okay. be able to do a tight 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think this is, a, this is a great opportunity to either throw to our sponsors or respond to some email questions. Uh, our, our docket has throw to some sponsors, alternate throw to sponsors and some emails. But we threw to our sponsors last week. So if we're going to follow alternating, I feel like we would do an email. Is that correct? Might be, or maybe we just throw to our sponsors. Who even knows? Let's let's see what the uh, generative AI voiceover announcer says. Why don't you go ahead and uh, take this away? Hey, some important messages coming up. Stick around. Hey, it's Data Bro Brian here, and I've been asked to read this prepared statement from Murphy's Apple Juice LLC. It says, for immediate release. Murphy's Apple Juice LLC reassures stability amidst executive discussions. Murphy's Apple Juice LLC, a leading name in the production of high-quality apple juice, today announced that the recent discussions between the chief executive officer and the chairperson of the board have no impact on the company's daily operations or its commitment to delivering the delicious apple juice that customers have come to love and expect. The company wishes to assure all stakeholders, including customers, employees, and partners, that it remains steadfast in its mission to provide the best apple juice on the market. Quote, our focus on quality, sustainability, and innovation continues to be at the forefront of everything we do, said a spokesperson for Murphy's Apple Juice. The discussions between our CEO and chairperson are part of our continual efforts to strengthen our leadership and strategic direction. These discussions have no effect on the day-to-day operations or our long-term goals, end quote. Murphy's Apple Juice has been a household name for years, known for its commitment to natural ingredients, environmental sustainability, and community support. The company is excited about the future and is looking forward to introducing new products, engaging in community initiatives, and continuing to contribute positively to the health and well-being of its customers. And then it goes on with the, for more information, please contact Murphy's Apple Juice LLC, blah, 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 about Murphy's Apple Juice. I don't think I need to read all that, but there you go. There's a, but there you go. There is a prepared statement from Murphy's Apple Juice. I guess they don't have an ad this week. Fair enough. All right. Now back to the show. Gosh, that guy's good, isn't he? He's fantastic at what he does. It's, isn't um, it like it's sounds melodious. Canadian, though. Well, so, it's Canadian. Does, but his like his actual <laughs> his actual words sound American. It's just like they, yeah, they've got a, a Canadian cadence. All right, well then let's have a little bit of uh, in, in 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 emissary yammer, industry yammer. Let's talk. Yeah, let's yeah. talk. Yeah. Let's talk root vegetables. Yammer. Let's talk yams. Yeah. 
and sweet potatoes <laughs> and which one Seriously, is better i the prefer same thing prefer... they're the same thing i prefer sweet potatoes massively oh brian brian they're the same thing Talk about uh no 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 they're not you guys are not one of them well, they are give you twins they are in canada a, a yam and a sweet potato exactly the same thing in canada no, yams what are you excited about in 2024, Jeff? Yams are rough, dark brown skin that is often compared no. to tree bark, and their flesh is dry and starchy like a regular potato. Sweet potatoes have so, both smooth, yeah. reddish skin, softer flesh, and a sweet flavor. In 1992, Premier Ooh. Stephen Harper outlawed the, uh, the, the yam in Canada. So we just now only have sweet potatoes, and we call them yams. And that is the brother of who wrote the article we talked about David last Harper's week. Brother. Yes. All right, everybody. So let's talk a little bit about 2024. <laughs> We're moving forward to 2024. And I want to know some of the things that we are all excited about on here. Um, Brian, you put a couple things on here. That's fantastic. Uh, they are very good things to be excited about. One of which you said was the Ultimate Universe and the Energon Universe. I'm very interested to see how the Energon Universe is going to fare over this next year. There's been That's many things like yeah. this that have decreased in interest and popularity. Um, Transformers outsells the other two books for us drastically. I guess the other three, Void Rivals is technically in it um so yeah it's gonna be really interesting and again we still have people coming in for transformers number one issues which mm -hmm. you know they're on like fourth printings of <laughs> but we still have a lot of twos and threes so i haven't seen manifest what the actual sell through data is going to be especially once we have daniel warren johnson no longer doing the art on the book that's what's um, interesting to me yeah like what happens when because he's only doing the first six issues so then what happens in the next arc we know Jorge Corona is doing the art, and I assume DWJ is writing it. Yeah, he's, he's still writing it. Yeah. yeah. For at uh, least, I think the t first 12 issues, he's going to write it at least. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like he's already kind of starting to work on his next creator own project, which is yeah, great because the world needs more duo power bombs, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be really um, interesting, yeah. I think, to see the, the, the tale on the other two series. Um, I, I'm very surprised. I don't know who would have predicted Transformers to be selling like it is. I sure wouldn't have. We ordered a ton of it, which is fortuitous. Um, still sold out. But, you know, I, I believe the article we talked about last week had listed that uh, Transformers is selling like four times as much as a bunch of other books or maybe i'm thinking of a different article but um i think that's oh it's like oh it's like 10 times as much what it the transformers at idw was selling and you know so it does that speak more to the quality of the product that was coming out from idw it, like was there this huge fan base that people wanted to tap into or in eight months are we going to be seeing a slightly more standard subscription rate and purchase rate for a Transformers series. So like that one has got a bunch of question marks around it for me. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like at IDW, these books didn't have like a Morgan, right? So like Morgan is out there just selling this book. Morgan. Well, Perry, working at Morgan. Square Morgan. Enix. She was, she's at Square longer. Enix now. She. So I'm completely wrong. Everything I said, yeah. I will take back. Well, and... I mean, for the Energon universe, I think the the main thing, the main stopping point for me anyway, was always I don't want ten miniseries and yeah. one 
ongoing series that's a thousand issues in. So having them literally reboot the entire universe gives you a great jumping on point. I really hope that we have a year or a year and a half before they do some big dumb crossover or, Mm -hmm. you know, launch 15 spinoffs and one shots. Um, If, if they can just kind of ride this amazing series for a little while, I think it's got a good chance of retaining a lot of that readership. And I think it's cool how they've introduced like Megatron was in, is that a spoiler? Can I say that? He was in Cobra Commander. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So Megatron's in Cobra Commander, you know, Jetfire was in Void Rivals that looped in. I don't know if Duke has had anybody from the Transformers universe in it. Stars the one in the Transformers really. issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He was totally in Transformers. I just mean. Oh, you mean the other way? I think, think Starscream's effect has been in there. But yeah. it's cool that it's kind of a shared universe, and I think it's it's pretty neat. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Well, yeah. Ultimate also, just universe, that like. So there hasn't been a Transformers comic that felt like the Transformers cartoon show in True. many, many, many years. So that's just another really interesting publication move on AEW's point. But um, how do you yeah. kill Bumblebee in the first issue? Like, what? I know. I loved it. The God. retailer call that Morgan had organized uh, a couple months ago, they talked about that happening and some of the editorial push to do that. Um, it was very interesting. I, and then the other thing, yeah, Brian, it's very interesting. The Ultimate Universe. We have three books announced: Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Black Panther, and Ultimate X-Men. And Ultimate Spider-Man predictably has done incredibly well. Uh, the creative teams on Black Panther and uh, oops, our man- Ultimate maintenance X-Men? person at our shop is calling me. Um, yeah, Ultimate X-Men is by Peach Momoko, who has only been writing and doing the art for books that are very removed from continuity and are small miniseries. Huge community built around her art. I don't know mm-hmm. of anybody who praises her writing, so I'm very eager to see one of the three hubs of this big push being done by somebody who can be really hit or miss for people. And I can't remember, I think Black Panther is Brian Hill. Brian Edward Hill, yeah, and yeah, Stefano which- Caselli which is exciting to me, but it's a very yeah. interesting three books. What would I know I, Brian Hill from? Cause I don't recognize the name. Um, he did American carnage. He oh, did okay. the yeah, wild yeah. storm, Michael Cray series. Okay. He is doing blade right now. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Fallen angels. Um, he writes, yeah, writes good Fallen. stuff. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's an interesting I think he's a great person for that. The Momoko one, I'm very apprehensive about. Okay, yeah, it looks weird, and I love it. I, I love, <laughs> like, it It just looks... And I was just reading an article about it the other day, and they said that it won't have... Um, there's not going to be any Wolverine or Cyclops in in the Momoko X-Men series. Which I'm into really that. Interesting to me. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it'll just be different, right? Momoko, so, yeah. Momoko, like somebody, somebody who's uh, kind of an art auteur like that seems like a strange choice for an ultimate universe. But um, yeah, I guess, but, I guess I this mean, isn't your dad's ultimate universe. How have those Demon Days um, books been doing? Like, have they, have they done all right for you guys? They're fine. They're hard to manage because it's a series of one shots. So yeah. auto subbing and, and cloning people over is, is difficult. Um and you know that's that's it's that's its main hurdle is not having a solid way of subscribing and i think they're quarterly too aren't they yeah so the momentum yeah, is a little bit not, weird for sure yeah 
Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if she's, how she's going to work on a monthly schedule and if she'll be able to, you know, get in there and hit a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That'll it's, be interesting. It's interesting though, because Peach Momoko is kind of like, you know, a, a quote unquote hot artist. Who do you guys think will be some of the, the names that come up? Cause we're always surprised by like a Josh Williamson or a Chip Zdarsky that seemingly come out of nowhere and then mm-hmm. kind of take over. Do you, do you have any ideas of somebody we should keep an eye on that could be kind of a next quarterback? I don't have anybody on my radar specifically, but I want to give Jeff a thousand percent credit for calling uh, George Fornes as the next huge, like we had a crazy run of predicting the modern class of artists right now. Um, Mm -hmm. About two years ago. That is very impressive. You guys on your podcast, a perfectly acceptable podcast, by the way, are always Comics introducing me to people. Comics Place Presents Perfect. I don't, I don't know what it's called anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Um, but oh. you're always, what I love about listening to your podcast, What the reason that it is a can't miss every week is because you are always finding things that I wouldn't have found otherwise. And I find that really interesting. Like Django, you read a lot of stuff that I would never read. And I've grabbed a couple things and just been like, you know, the Richard, the 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 Joe Schmalky of it all, you know, yeah. just out of out of nowhere. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's artist name I would throw in that I recently got turned on to. I like a lot is Gavin Gidry. Um, that's somebody I like a lot. Matt Lisniewski is somebody Django and I have been championing for the last year or so. I mean, we were heavy on Daniel Warren Johnson years right. ago. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, um, I can never pronounce his name, but it's like Fakti Bakhtiri or something. But um, he has been doing those super detailed one in 25 variants on DC comics, Django, right. like the back. Oh, yeah. He I has love been doing those covers. He did all the covers on nature's garden or something like that but uh, he's an artist i'm very excited about that i'm i hope to be seeing do more stuff you guys pointed okay. out that, I, that joker artist uh it starts with a g um oh giuseppe camicoli dg and domenico and giuseppe camicoli yeah those guys have been relatively large names for about 10 years Cameron coley did some of my favorite uh hellblazer art when it was still with vertigo right um uh I, you know the the I, I can't remember their name but the person that did um beneath the trees where nobody sees i think like just the the hit horvath or something yeah jason horvath yeah like name? i think that if they want a career in comics i think that they've already got that solidified and as far as i know this is their first book but their their art style is unique and their storytelling is really solid so i could did see that them that book is an interesting book almost yeah if we weren't already nearly out of time the that's a really interesting thing that happened in the world of comic books in the last month and a half beneath the trees where nobody sees um and the giant acclaim around it for reasons like that you know i the article we talked about last week speculator stuff going down i would say in the last like month and a half we've seen promising instances of a return to speculator market 
<laughs> but it's a different speculator market as well. Like those are books, things like that beneath the trees where nobody sees. It's going to get collected relatively quickly because I think it's a, a four issue, four issue limited, limited series. Mm -hmm. So that should get collected and we should see that, you know, hopefully do really well as a trade. Just and, like Stray Dogs, which is a four issue miniseries yeah. that nobody yeah. could order enough of that got, became a huge speculator book. And uh, yeah, isn't seems, there a sequel yeah. to Stray Dogs? Eh? Yeah, there was a there was a, a one there was a sequel series that had a sec second paperback that came out. So there's two series of Stray Dogs, and then on the initial orders that we all did for January, there was a new book by that creative team that is right. doing like the horror B cover variants and stuff. Yeah, like the movie cool, theater nice. movie. Ones. Yeah, um, yeah. There's but that's the cool thing about comics, you guys, is there's always people to be excited about, and I think that we are at a spot where like Marvel and DC are maybe just starting to move up a lot of creators mm -hmm. who've made a big splash over the last two mm -hmm. years. Um, so it's exciting to see those people be moving up. And then once that happens, we're going to see another class of people kind of moved into that B tier that are the people that we've been following. Um, it's a great question, Brian. And I, I should actually make a point to like over the next several weeks of the podcast, the, the papcast that we do, um, write down some of these names to be tracking down. Django's encouraged me to do that because, yeah, we have called some pretty accurate shots. But yeah, like the George Fornes one, like we yeah. noticed him on Hot Lunch Special like right. you know five years ago way before his batman stuff so i so hot take i think Cy Spurrier is about to really really take off like he's gonna hit mm. that that a tier because he's been doing really cool stuff just below the surface like on mm -hmm. big books like he's on flash right now and he was on one of the x-men for a while but i think he's gonna be like an architect guy that that grabs a corner of some universe and really takes it the way yeah Tom he's Cole, been taylor's taking titans and stuff like that he's been putting stuff out forever but yeah it would be cool oh, to ages, see yeah. rise up yeah. yeah yeah um hey speaking of you know you've got these creators and you've got things like stray dogs and what what do you guys do get into a little shop talk shop talk shop talk what do you guys shop, do shop, in shop, terms shop. of like you talk about a lot on this podcast, auto subs. Can you kind of give me the? Give I would me love four one one the nine one one. I would love to. There are new series of comics announced every week that are then put into every minute the systems. Yeah, uh, that people can be subscribed to. There's one. They're oftentimes one shots, but there are oftentimes like mini series and stuff. So you've got your main Batman ongoing series, but you had Batman Gargoyle of Gotham. Um, which was a really huge selling Batman miniseries just recently. Uh, a term that we use is auto subs, which is the ability to take a list of subscribers who are subscribed to a comic book, like the ongoing Batman book. And with just a couple clicks, take all of those people that are subscribed to that series and add their subscriptions to another series so it's something that is very powerful and you have to use responsibly based on sort of how your own store does stuff but for that batman gargoyle of gotham we were able to load you know our 50 batman subscribers to get that book so that they all you know who come in once a month once a three months every week so that no one would miss that book um 
And then it allowed us to actually have huge sales from the shelf as well on top of all these auto subscriber things. So you can do it a lot of different ways. Um, it's really important for us, but we've sort of built a culture in our store of people being willing to trust our auto subbing paradigms for those things. Yeah, we, and one we of, have uh, a... Go ahead. So we have a similar concept called cloning. That's It's exactly the way you describe auto sub. It, um, we have the ability to clone into and clone from. So if, uh, you know, you see that Batman Offworld is out and these dudes were previously subscribed to another Batman book that has a similar creative team, then you can clone all those subscribers into uh, Batman Offworld. Um, and likewise, you can take Batman Offworld and clone it from back into another series. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's a two-way it clone. Yeah, it works real well combined within our comic shop assistant POS system. There's an auto sub preference people can have checked. Yes, That's no, or clever. maybe. So yeah. that way, if people consistently don't want auto subs, you can just have them always removed from that list and it doesn't affect their subscriptions to the previous series. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it also, we also it track of how often people kick back. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So you can get a That's working cool percentage at any given time to see roughly how often books are being kicked back so if that person who says they want auto subs always case it back you can be like no they don't i'm turning this off yeah and just last week we added a way to get a list of everybody who purchased a specific item and auto sub them from those purchases because we have oh, one, one of our smart. users if if somebody buys everything up to number six he just subscribes them yeah that's smart yeah so you know, any from, theoretically from any list of customers that you could generate, you could auto sub. That's really something. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Smart idea. Yeah. It, a lot of stores use a variety of that. Um, there are stores who don't, aren't familiar with that act though. And it's always really cool to see people understand what that is and the power of it. Uh, there's also stores who are like very against that thing because you can, if you auto sub, you know, like I auto sub people to that Titans beast world one shot that's supposed to start the event. It was actually all reprints. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that was my fault. Fortunately we did sell enough of it to have not been a loss, but um, it was a dangerous thing. I auto sub people to it and it was all reprints. So people didn't want that. Yeah. And that can, as the kids say, uh, burn the territory. Exactly. As, exactly. as my wrestling, wrestling. friend Jeff says, you win some, you dim some. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and on that killer note, everybody, if we're going to stick to this tight 30 commitment, tight 30. Got, it's tight for us. It's time for us to start wrapping this old thing up here. Um, you can get a hold of any of us by sending an email to this fair podcast. That email address is podcast at databrosinc.com. Databrosinc spelled out. Um, you can get a hold of Django and I by visiting our POS system we're building, Comic Shop Assistant. Um, Brian has an amazing one as well called Manage Comics. You can get him there. I guess I'm just stepping on everyone's toes of an outro. I'm Jeff. No, I you love this. You me... should throw, throw your Venmo out there. While you're oh, ready. yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get me pretty much only through Venmo unless you've got my text phone number. You should just say only I am Venmo. That's the only social media you have. Jeff hyphen Figley, capital J, capital F. Haven't seen any donations in there yet. No one has to. But if you want to get a hold of me, you can do that. But if you do, we're all going to be together in a couple of weeks in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Jeff, you know, if you could give I'll us buy a beer for everyone. from yeah. Jeff, that yeah. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, be fine with cool, that. cool, cool. 
Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Oh, see and, you next week. And Django oh. himself and Brian's got a handle. And yeah, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Dim sum. We're famous. <laughs> Thanks, guys. The Data Bros is a joint project from the teams behind Comic Shop Assistant who manage comics. Data Bros are Django Boren, Jeff Figley, and Brian Garside. Brian Garside produces and edits the episode. And you'll find more about the Data Bros online at databrosinc.com. Subscribe, like, and review the Data Bros on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.